0: And welcome to another edition of the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Derek Hansen with you, along with Matt English, Jack Michaels, taking a very much-needed rest day today. We're here with the uh, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, uh, Dick Bramer. The, uh, just to give you an update, Dick, uh, unfortunately, the FM Redhawks, they lost to the Kansas City Monarchs in the uh, championship game of the American Association, so Jack is probably... Uh, I hope he's sleeping all throughout the, the afternoon here into the evening and comes back tomorrow for morning sports. He deserves a rest between UND football and the FM Reddocks. He's been a little busy.
1: Yeah, well, uh, but nobody's going to complain, right? Because nope. it was just over a year ago, none of us were too busy. But uh, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, when I get there, I'll uh, probably crash and burn like Jack for a while too. <laughs> it,
0: it, what is that like? So we got a weekend change left of the season uh is that kind of do you really decompress after six long months of a regular season? I'm sure you didn't last year because only two months. But uh, what is your mode of that of kind of operating after all the big long season there?
1: Yeah, I told people that I, I don't even know that I enjoyed the off season last year because of everything else that was going on. It was a two month baseball season, but it just didn't it, it didn't seem possible to just relax and enjoy the off season. Nobody was vaccinated, and we had all sorts of uh, anguish uh, going on during the off season. So I'm looking forward to this off season uh, and hopefully it'll be a more normal off season. But uh, usually what happens for me is for about three days, I really enjoy the, the solitude and the lack of structure to my days. And then uh, it doesn't take too long and I'm ready to ramp up again. So I'm, I'm hoping and guessing that'll be the case again this off season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I I hope you don't mind me asking this, but I mean, you still enjoy this as much as ever, right? I mean, I I don't I I think it's a passion that uh, I I don't know exactly your age, but I, I I'm guessing that you want to go for I don't know if you're gonna go as long as Vin Scully, but it certainly seems like you enjoy this as much as you ever have. <laughs> I
1: do enjoy it, and and what I think the, the most of the enjoyment I get out of it now is where I'm doing it. You know, I'm 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 doing it in my uh, home turf if you will I'm my home turf i think if i was doing um uh, st louis games it wouldn't be quite the same but i do enjoy it i hope to keep doing it for a little while anyway but i think if the last 18 months has taught us anything and sometimes i wonder whether it has but it uh, doesn't make much sense to plan too far down the road because you never know how things are going to twist and turn between uh, now and uh, next year's opening day
0: so. yeah I think for you know people like us because we're in broadcasting, it can be mentally stressful and all that. But it's not like we're, you know, paving roads and breaking stones, right? And I think that's what makes it a little bit easier to uh, keep working, and also a little harder to want to give it up, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a privilege really to do what I get a chance to do, uh, because people who have to work for a living, and I've never considered myself to be one of those people, the people who actually work for a living. Uh, can derive a lot of entertainment, relaxation, decompression, whatever, uh, with the product I'm a part of. And that's, of course, one of the great disappointments this year. We were anticipating a really compelling baseball team to watch on a daily, nightly basis, and it didn't work out that way. And so that's one of the frustrations to carry forward into the off season in the hopes that next year will be a lot better.
0: You know, a lot of people are talking about this big rebuilding plan, and I can understand that. If you look at the roster, going all the way to the 40-man roster, you can understand that to a point. But I remember going down to spring training, and it had been a long time, as you know, since I had been from spring training, probably since, what, 2008 until uh, 2017. And they just came off that awful year, right, 56 wins or whatever it was. And I I was around the clubhouse, and they were mad. Like, Brian Dozier and those guys were mad. And I I said, you know – People, you may be surprised about this team because they were really chomping at the bit to get there. They got some pieces, and they got to the wild card, and I'm not saying that's going to happen next year, but you can never rule out anything in the next year, and maybe I'm just too much of a glasses-half-full guy, but that's the way I look at this offseason going into 2022. I don't think there's any long-term plans that you really always have to look at.
1: No, and I think uh, uh, the problem this year uh, has been pretty well identified, and uh, yeah, it'd been nice to have you know Byron Buxton with 550 at-bats uh, with two weeks left to go in the season. But the biggest problem has been the pitching. And you know the starting rotation wasn't good at the start of the year. Actually, for the first month or so, it was okay. Then it fell apart. And I think one of the reasons it fell apart is the bullpen was not very good from uh, opening day on. And as you look back, not just in Twins history, but in, in baseball history, uh, and you can argue whether it's a good thing or not, but uh, successful pitching staffs now are almost built uh, from the back to the front. Uh, you've got to have a good bullpen, and one of the reasons uh, Milwaukee is so good, in my opinion, and one of the reasons they've got three really good starters, in my opinion, is they've got a lockdown bullpen at the end with Williams and Hader. Uh, and so, you know, as the Twins look to uh, hopefully have a much better team next year. They're going to have to look at the bullpen. Uh, the presumption is Taylor Rogers will be back. There might even be a scenario out there, or I know there is, where Alex Colomay will be back. But it's the intermediate guys. You know, last year it was Tyler Clifford, it was Matt Whistler, it was Trevor May, those guys uh, that created a, a pretty big vacuum in the uh, bullpen last or this year, coming into this year, And uh, the Twins paid an early price for that. And you could argue, uh, I suppose, that they never really recovered.
0: Yeah, for sure. It it was one of those things where they dug themselves such a a big hole. You know, speaking of some of those young arms, uh, I think Griffin Jacks is going tonight for the Twins against the Cubs. And, you know, he's one of those guys that you really have to watch. I think we all have good confidence that Bailey Ober is going to be a part of the plan next year. But right now, Griffin Jacks is kind of doing an audition here the last week and a half, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's very lucky to be given the opportunity that he's been given and will continue to get uh, almost by default because the Twins have had some injury issues. Uh, We don't know whether John Gant's going to rejoin the rotation. I suspect he will sometime this weekend uh, against Toronto. Joe Ryan will make the start tomorrow night for the Twins in Chicago. But for Griffin Jacks, you know, the, the the numbers, regardless of whether it's a small sample size or not, numbers don't lie. And what they've told us so far is that Griffin really needs to, you know, uh, improve his location uh, with the stuff that he has. He can't miss fire. And then, too, what we've seen is the, the uh, offensive numbers really mushroom the second and third time through the order. So what that may suggest is if, Griffin Jacks is going to be a part of this Twins pitching staff next year. It might be as a reliever, not as a starter. But uh, given the uh, the opportunities uh, getting here, he's got every opportunity to, to uh, convince us otherwise.
0: This is the Twins Wrap brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Derek Hansen with you, along with Matt English hanging out, the brand manager of 740 The Fan, and uh, Dick Bramer, the uh, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, with us here. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about uh, just – the, the, you mentioned Toronto this weekend and watching them and Brios pitching on Sunday, and, boy, it's hard for me not to pull for two guys that you know are, are really classy and I really like. I mean, the Jays and the Rays with Nelson Cruz, too, it's going to be hard not to pull for those guys.
1: Yeah, and if you look specifically at Toronto, and we, we tried to make the point during the telecast uh, last weekend, and we'll try to reinforce it again this weekend, You know, what the Twins need to do is do what the Blue Jays did Uh, successfully, Uh, they felt they had a good core. Now Toronto's core is younger and you could argue even better than the twins core, but there's, you know, the the core of Buxton, Sano, Kepler, Polanco and all that, that's, that's okay. That's pretty good. But what the blue Jays did is they went out and found Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray. And that really bolstered, not only the uh, position players with Simeon hitting more than 40 home runs, but also the pitching staff. So that's the challenge for the Twins and a lot of other teams. Go out and find this year's, this next year's Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray, and then automatically your team will be a whole lot better.
0: And, of course, if the Jays go on, and, and probably will knock the Yankees out. So that's all the better, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, they've got a chance to make sure the Yankees don't even get in the playoffs. They've got a series the last week of the year, a week from now, It'll be the Yankees at the Rogers Center for three games. And uh, the uh, Blue Jays now lead the Yankees by just a half game after last night's action. But depending on how it all plays out, they'll have a chance to uh, mathematically eliminate the Yankees, perhaps, if they take care of business this weekend, unless the Yankees start playing a whole lot better baseball.
0: I think we've talked about this in years past, but uh, I'm kind of curious, you're take on the on the format right now, I don't mind it, you know, two wild cards getting in and you get a reward for, you know, finishing off the division. I know there's been a lot of talk in L.A. about the fact that they might have a one-game playoff after you know, <laughs> they have a potential here of winning 100 games, which doesn't seem fair if they can't get by San Francisco here, but I, I guess I kind of like it that way. You do get rewarded. Maybe I'm biased to the 87 Twins team because they would have probably finished, what, fifth or sixth in the uh, American League East in 1987, but I think it does give you a little reward for the uh, divisional winner.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, – I would prefer that they don't uh, disincentivize winning the division.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, if the Dodgers play a wild-card game, uh, it's against the Cardinals, and you know John Lester you know, sticks to them, whatever ha- might happen, and they're out after one game, well, then win the division like the Giants. They took the lead early in the season. Uh, if they hang on and win the division, uh, you know, that's, you know, there has to be some reward for that. Uh, There'd be some irony that if the Giants won the division by a game or two over the Dodgers, because for a good part of my childhood, it seemed like it was the other way around. The Dodgers would win the national league by a game or two over, you know, a really good Giants team that had Mays and Marischal and McCovey and Cepeda and all those guys. So, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I can see baseball going to a two out of three in the wild card uh, round, though. That, that I think might be, might be doable, might be something. I think baseball and the collective bargaining agreement with the Players Association will be looking for additional postseason revenue. That might be the best way to do that.
0: Dick uh, talking about a twins division rival Salvatore Perez hit his 50 or 46th home run last night for the Royals. Um, that broke Johnny bench's record of, of 45 home runs in 1970 by a, a primary catcher 75% of his starts in the season came from the catching position. Is that a record that you ever thought would be broken and just how impressive is that accomplishment?
1: Well, uh, to answer both parts of your question, uh, I thought the record could be broken, but not by a Kansas City Royal. He plays half his games in what is arguably the the worst home run hitter's ballpark in the American League, and he's got 46 of them now. Uh, so, you know, Kansas City, uh, for a while, if they, they were excited if they had a 20 home run a year hitter. Well, a couple of years ago, Solaire hit, what, 48 home runs for them, and now Perez might hit at least that many. It really is remarkable what he's doing, particularly when you consider where he's doing. A Kauffman Stadium is beautiful. It's still, as they moved the fences in uh, a few years ago uh, in the gaps, but it's still not by any means a home run hitter's ballpark, but that doesn't seem to bother Sal Perez.
0: Let me ask you a little bit about uh, this series here against the uh, Cubs. As you know, I was in uh, Chicago in 2018 where, I love the heat. Even as a big guy, I like the heat, but that was unbearable. That was one of the hottest weekends i ever lived in my life off of Lake Michigan. There was so humid. But it's kind of unfortunate that this series at Wrigley Field is in September, right? I mean, this is kind of a thing where uh, Twins fans would come flock to Wrigley Field, and the friendly confines were. Everyone was really nice. All the Cubs fans were nice. Uh, the Twins fans kind of got ripped off for these two games here in September.
1: Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that, A, both teams are where they are in the standings. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think everybody would love to uh, be a visiting team uh, at Wrigley Field for a weekend, but they do have to play weekday games, too. <laughs> and uh, I remember very well the weekend series you talked about a few years ago. It, frankly, was the most dangerous situation I've, I think I've ever been in. Uh, Bobby Wilson, the catcher, almost uh, fainted in the batter's box, I ended up walking scored a run and afterwards said he had no memory of his trip around the bases. That's how hot it was. Uh, now Bobby was in his mid thirties at the time, but there were guys in their early to mid twenties, like Rosario and Kepler who came off the field, uh, with heat stroke. So it really was a dangerous situation. And, uh, uh, thankfully we'll have much cooler, uh, autumnal type weather uh, for the two games tonight and tomorrow.
0: I I joked this morning, Dick, that, uh, you know it's too warm when it was just too warm to even drink beer. I mean, literally, I had a beer sitting in there, and I, I got sick. You know, that's how dehydrated you would get so quickly with the alcohol because it was just it was unbearable. And I love the warm weather, as I mentioned, but much more on the lake than I do in the, in the concrete jungle of Chicago because that was like nothing I've ever experienced before.
1: Well, and to uh, underscore your point, Kent Herbeck had a group of uh, family and friends that he uh, had out in Chicago for the weekend. And I think for the entire weekend, he stayed for about two and a half innings. Yeah, he'd go to the ballpark and sit there, and it just—it was oppressively hot and humid, and it really became a health issue, not just for the players, but some of the fans too.
0: Yeah. Well, my dad and I actually left after a few innings. We went to the air condition of the bar there in Wrigleyville because actually, you know, we said we spent this money to get in here, we got to see it, but boy, that was just too much. But that won't be the case here for sure uh, tonight, Wrigley Field. Uh, uh, kind of a bummer, too, that you're not going to get to enjoy the friendly confines. And hopefully, uh, out of anything for you, Dick, I hope in 2022 that changes. I think that's the one thing I hope. I know that you're missing going on the road.
1: Well, I uh, I don't think uh, I or anybody else, for that matter, can do their jobs well uh, uh, doing it as we've been asked to do it. Now, last year it was a different deal. It was a matter of public safety, and uh, we'll certainly hope that uh, next year uh, – Uh, We get to uh, travel with the team. Uh, I I believe the fans deserve that. They deserve having that connection to the team. And in reality, Derek, when the team is on the road and we're here, other than, you know, three-and-a-half-minute manager Zoom call, uh, we, meaning collectively now, not just the Twins announcers, but those of us who do television or radio but aren't able to travel with the team, we're frankly no more connected to the team than the fans themselves. And that shouldn't be the case.
0: Yeah, I've thought about that a lot because, as you know, I I love uh, kind of getting my one on one interviews. I think I kind of it was one of the things that kind of broke me through in this uh, business doing talk radio is being able to get some of, some of these things done. And boy, uh, when when reporters and all that can get in the clubhouse again, that's going to be an interesting thing too. Because I don't know when I'll be able to do any coverage on spring training. That's just the way that's you know it may have changed the game. I think maybe for the worst, as far as really having that interaction with a lot of the players.
1: Well, and I'm encouraged that uh, we're hearing that uh, NBA teams and NHL teams are going to allow uh, much fuller access clubhouse access included uh, in the winter, uh, fall and winter into the spring. So uh, hopefully that'll be the case when baseball rolls around Mm -hmm. again next spring as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, Again, uh, The Twins at the Cubs, the radio site will be here on KFGO uh, over on uh, 790 and 104.7. Do appreciate it. Enjoy it on Valley Sports North tonight, Dick. Always appreciate your time.
1: We'll talk again next
0: Tuesday. You bet. Dick Bramer with us here. Again, the Twins Wrap brought to you by Jefferson Lions each and every Tuesday. We only have a couple episodes left, unfortunately, with uh, Dick Bramer. But, uh, boy, it went by fast. But it's always fun to talk a little baseball with the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. The Prior to Dumont, Minnesota, and I was going to ask him a little bit because, you know, he grew up a Minnesota sports fan like all of us, what he thought of the fiasco. Maybe next week we we'll can ask him, well, see how the Seahawks game goes, and then maybe he can give us a little bit of insight on everything that's going to be, uh, you know, what what he thinks of that as a Vikings fan. Because I, th- I think he tries to talk about the- he's a Twins fan, but he doesn't say we and all that much like a lot of us do as fans because he's a broadcaster, right? That's we're right. Not. You have to display some level of objectivity yeah. towards, uh even though he's not right. But but I mean, with that Seahawks game, you know, if the Vikings.